Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Combat and Kick It with your boy Bando. It's been a little minute, but we're back. It's fight week. UFC 264, McGregor, 48-3, the trilogy. Whew, I am hyped. Anybody else is hyped as me? I sure the fuck hope so. Um, Man, we got a stack card from head to toe. From the early, early prelims all the way up to the fucking main card. Um, It's stacked, man. I can't wait. I am super excited for this card. Uh, it's, it's one of those cards where it's so big that it's bringing non-fight fans into it to come watch. And there are so many good fights on this card that a lot of non-fight fans are going to learn about some very, very dope people this weekend. Um, and man, I can't, I can't freaking wait tonight. I'm doing just a little brief breakdown from the prelims, prelims on up. I'm not doing the early prelims. Um, so I'm keeping it real simple, real sweet. You already know how Bando does his shit. So, we're going to start it off with Ryan Hall versus Aaliyah Tapuria. I think his name, I think that's how you pronounce the last, Tapuria. I think that's how you pronounce the last name. So, man, this is it's a fantastic matchup with these two. You got a young prospect, 24-year-old, 10-0 in Aaliyah, versus Ryan Hall, 36 years old. People know him. If you're, if you're a fight fan, you know Ryan Hall as being a wizard. You know him as being um, being fancy, being fun. You know, he's different. He's very, very different in his style. And uh, it's going to be a very enjoyable fight. You got a guy with Aaliyah who's sitting back saying he's not worried about anything that that uh, Ryan Hall brings to the table. He's not really worried about the threat and the grappling. He's not worried about the striking. He's not worried about the kicks, nothing like that. So that brings a nice little confidence level from a, uh, from a young competitor. I'm 24 years old, so it's crazy to see another 24-year-old like just like one. He doesn't I, I don't I don't look 24. I look like I'm 17. So this dude looks like he's like 30 to me. You know what I'm saying? But it's cool when you see somebody your age, it's like, man, go do your shit, get your shit done. You know, that's gonna be cool. It'd be really, really nice to see him get the victory. Um, but tomorrow night I think Ryan Hall's gonna pull it out. You know, that veteran-like status. Uh, it's also been a little minute since Ryan Hall has been back in there. I, I can see a little ring rust, but I highly doubt it. Uh, the man has been working. Uh, he's had some unfortunate circumstances of, um, one, people not accepting fights. People don't want to fight him. And understandably so, the man is very, very good at grappling. His jiu-jitsu is, is fantastic. And he sneaks up on guys. He gets guys in sneaky submissions. And like I said, he's tricky on the feet. Um, so... I don't think he'll come in with ring rust. I think he'll look good. He's always working. You know, like I said, unfortunate circumstances of people not wanting to fight him. Uh, COVID hit. He got injured. He hasn't fought since 2019 against Darren Elkins. So it's it definitely has been a minute. So it's going to be enjoyable to see him. His last fight was a decision victory. Um, comparing to Aaliyah's last fight was a, a knockout in the first round. So, you know, like I said, very interesting Um I'm going with a round two submission by Ryan Hall. I uh, I think he's going to pull it out. I think there's going to be a lot of adversity in the first round uh, where Aaliyah's taking the kind of dominating the first round. Honestly, he's winning the standup. Uh, he's being the more aggressive. He's he's punching first. He's coming first. He's uh, attacking first and everything like that. I think he's going to have more power shots. And I think uh, Ryan will withstand that. And, and in the second round, he will show why he's the wizard is his submission game. That jujitsu is amazing. And I think he's going to get that. Um, on to the next one, man. Oh man. This is probably one of the most unorthodox matchups. And this is what I mean by what I said at the beginning with 
non-fight fans watching this big card, you get to see people that, you know, you're not paying to watch, you know, and you're going to see, you're going to watch these guys, even though the prelims are, are free on ESPN or whatever, you're going to watch this and be like, damn, that was a crazy fight. If it lives up to everything that is, it is on paper and it lives up to everything that we've seen, um, with these two in the octagon as being some of the most unorthodox strikers, you're looking at Nico Price versus Michelle Pahea. Um, it's interesting, man. They're very, they're very weird. You got Michelle, who's very um, unorthodox, very jumpy. He does flipping kind of stuff. He's off the cage with, uh, you know, flying Superman punches and things like that. You know, and then you got Nico Price, who's just he's just got a very unorthodox style to him. His striking's unorthodox. Um, and he's also a grinder, man. He he takes shots. He eats shots. He keeps coming forward. He pushes forward. Um, has some very, like, dope and slick knockouts. Um, I think it was a knockout against uh, Curtis Millinder where he had Curtis's, like, face up against his foot, and he was just fucking hammering his face off. Got him a knockout like that. He knocked out James Vick with an up kick, a beautiful up kick. Um, so it, it definitely makes for a very interesting unorthodox matchup. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Michelle Pahea, so I'm gonna be honest with you, biased decision. I'm going with Nico Price. Uh, I actually, I really like Nico Price, just like his personality and everything like that. I think Michelle, I don't know, Michelle just, I don't know. There's something about him I don't like, you know, you ever had that? Everybody's got that about somebody. You just see, there's just something about him I don't like. Um, and I'm honestly, I'm not a fan of that crazy jumping flying style especially when you're not doing anything and a lot of his fights he's done all that crazy stuff and not landed the strikes he's just shooting these strikes and people are ooing and eyeing and going crazy and i'm like bro he's just jumping off the cage missing missing his punches you know what i'm saying he's doing a bunch of flips into nothing you know he's just making people cheer so at the end of the day fight wise the dude does have talent he is powerful he is strong but i think you can only get so far with that type of skill and type of technique that you use to when somebody's going to catch you. And you're coming against a guy who's very unorthodox as well and very fucking powerful as well. So um, I'm very interested, interested in this fight. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see this fight because Nico Price, you already know. It's, it's kind of like one of those things where you get a lot of fighters where you know if he fights or she fights, you're about to get a banger. and that's Nico Price. So, you know you're going to get a banger. Just like this next fight, you'll know you're going to get a banger with Carlos Condit versus Max Griffin. You know those two are going to stand and bang. Um, I got to go with the veteran on this one, though. I got to go with Carlos Condit. I think Carlos Condit's just going to be overall uh, more polished in his game. Um, and, and I think he's going to pull it out with the veteran status. I think Max Griffin is a very, very good competitor. He's very strong. He's, he's aggressive. Um... But, I mean, you're going against a guy in Carlos Condit who has fought strong and aggressive many, many times and has put on fight of the night, fight of the year contenders with that style of people coming at him, being in his face. So I definitely would have Carlos Condit. I love watching Carlos fight. I love watching those fights where you know two guys are going to meet in the middle and they're going to bang. And and it's 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 simple. They're, it's going to be a fantastic fight. These guys are going to go at it. I, I guarantee it. Um, and that, that to be it what what you would technically call like the main event of the prelims it'd be it, you know it's a very very interesting matchup and I'm I'm super excited for it just noticing now that I fucked up on this prelim the 
first prelim fight is actually Trevin Giles versus Dracus Duplessis. That's a pretty good fight. Uh, I mean, damn, the records match up too perfectly on this. You got 14 and 2 in Trevin Giles, you got 15 and 2 in Dracus. I mean, this is going to be a fantastic matchup. Andrikas is coming off of, I'm pretty sure, coming off of a victory of a TKO. Yeah, off of Marcus Perez, the guy who comes out as the Joker. Yeah, so he he beat him round one, uh, TKO. And then with Trevin Giles, his last fight was a decision win on the Holland Brunson card against Roman Dalidzi. Dalidzi. Why is everybody's name so fucking hard to pronounce? I don't understand it. I just need more simple names to pronounce. Damn. Or or I just need to get smarter. Maybe maybe it's just me. It could just be me. But anyways, that's a good way to open a card, man. You got two up-and-coming contenders who uh got very close records. It's one of those matchups that that like actually makes sense. You know, when like a when you when you're actually looking at the the rankings and you're looking at the records and you're looking at last fights and things of the sort like that, you know, a lot of times you'll catch a guy that'll be ranked number three fighting eleven. You're like, wait, just something something don't click right there. Something's not hitting right there. You know, this is this is a matchup that makes sense. They're right next to each other. I think it's gonna be a fantastic matchup to open the prelims. I think the prelims is 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 fantastic in itself i'm very excited for it it's a great way to start a good night of fights then we get into the main card which you already know we got bangers on the main card we open it up with sugar sean i am not one of those sugar sean train bandwagon type people i do think the kid is talented um but you know i haven't seen anything yet from him honestly i want to see him fight a ranked contender somebody who is a threat in that division um you know with with luis smoker pulling out due to injury he's fighting a guy now making his debut kid's name is chris martino um he's nine and four in his professional record uh you know it's it's one of those things like there's many many guys that are in that division that would have made an interesting matchup. I don't understand why Dana sat back and said, let me let me pick somebody to make their debut. Now, I'm not against giving people opportunities, but, I mean, that's a, that's a rough opportunity to open up on a main card, uh, on a Conor McGregor card against a, a star in Sean O'Malley. That's just a, a very, very tough, it's a very, very pressured situation for him. But at the same time, it's a pressured situation now for Sean O'Malley, too. If Sean O'Malley loses to the dude on his debut, I mean, really think about where that would put Sean O'Malley in in, in the standings of, of people talking about him in the 135 division. You know what I'm saying? I don't think people would give a fuck to see him fight. I don't think people will put him as the star is, that he is. Unless this Chris dude is, is fantastic. I've never really watched much of his fights. I saw a couple clips of him. He seems like pretty decent, but, you know, I, I, I do think there's, there's levels in... Sean has been able to face the levels um, on a UFC scale. You know what I'm saying? He's, he, he's fought multiple UFC fights, so he's got that – that. it's not a, not a veteran status, but he's got more experience, just completely more experience than this Chris kid. So, I mean, very tough situation. Um, I don't want to say it's going to make for a good fight. I don't want to say it's going to be a one-sided fight. 
I'm just going to leave it at, at, at Sean O'Malley wins. Um, if Sean O'Malley is the Sean O'Malley that everybody says he is, and he really is the next, you know, he says he's he's going to be bigger than Conor McGregor one day. You know, if he's going to be a star, um, then I, I expect him to go out there and, 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 and get this one done quick. Get it done in the first round. Make a statement. You should not let a guy, especially if you're hot, you're on your way up, you're, you want to make a big statement, you should not let a guy on his debut go go, go three rounds with you. So uh, I, I truthfully think Sean O'Malley should get the finish in the first round. But you never know. Like I said, it's a pressure situation on, on the Chris kid, but at the same time, he really doesn't have nothing to lose. So going guns blazing, you either come out with the biggest win of your career and a huge contract for your next, you know, your next few fights, or you lose and you went out with a bang. You know what I mean? It's tough situation, but it's, it's, could make for a good fight. Honestly, sometimes those do catch you off guard. Those are the sneakers too. So who knows? That might sneak sneak up on us and be fucking fight of the night. You, you never know in this game. Anything can happen. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Sean O'Malley first round. Uh, KO or TKO. Then you got the win women's bantamweight division with Irene Aldana versus Yana Kunitskaya, which is a really, really good matchup. And again, like I said with the fight earlier with Trevor Giles, it's a fight that makes sense. People, this is what needs to be done. Rankings and everything like that, they have to be followed. And this fight makes sense. Irene Aldana coming off of a, of a, of a tough, a very tough loss against Holly Holm, honestly. You know, that wasn't... Uh, wasn't her best performance. You know, Holly just picked her apart. Holly looked fantastic, you know, but before that, she she had uh, two nice wins in 2019. Um, she doesn't seem like she's ever been finished in the UFC. Seems like everything, every loss she's had has been a decision loss. Um, and let's see, what happened with Yana Kunitskaya's last fight? Sorry, I'm half-ass prepared on this one. Motherfucker, give me to the fight. Okay, so she also just beat Ketlin Vieira, which is the girl that Irene Aldana got that sick knockout on. Um, she beat her in a decision. So, oh, MMA math. Yep, we're going to do some MMA math. Irene Aldana knocks out Ketlin Vieira in round two, round one. Round one. Okay, and then Yana Kuniskaya gets a decision win over her. So, MMA math says Irene Aldana will win. No, I'm just playing, but you, you, you know how that goes, like MMA math, how, how it ends up balancing out. But that's actually a very interesting fight. Very good fight. I think that'll be on the feet the majority of the time. I think you're going to see a lot of pressure from Yana uh, trying to lock up in a clinch, keep the fight very tight. Um and I th definitely think she's got her in the size, and I think she's got her in the... Oh, no. She, Irene Aldana's taller than her. Oh, shit. Got the same reach, though. That's what it is. They both got a 68-and-a-half-inch uh, reach. So, you know, I think Yana's going to easily try to do a lot of clinching. I think Irene's got to keep distance, keep the... Irene's got to throw some heavy shots, honestly, because that girl is powerful, and I think she needs to let her hands go. I don't feel like she really let her hands go against Holly. Obviously, Holly was picking her apart. It was a very big fight for her. Um, 
you know, but I think she just needs to let her hands go. I think she needs to get comfortable in there and let her hands go. And then she could, I think she can honestly put her hands to anybody's jaw in that division. So um, it's an interesting fight. I'm going to have to go with Irene. Um, either it's going to be a second round TKO or she's going to get a decision win. Um, the only way I see Yana winning is a decision. Maybe, maybe a submission. But um, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Irene within two, getting it done. Maybe, maybe by the third, you know. At any given moment, I think this girl can get this fight done. I think Yana starts off slow too. So if Irina can get get be be first on the, on on everything, be first on the striking, be first, uh, be more aggressive and everything like that, I think she can easily take this fight for sure. Um, and then after that, what's the next fucking banger of a fight that we got on this card? This card is so good. Let's see. We got the heavyweight division with Tai Tuivasa versus Greg Hardy. Whoo! Big boys about to be swinging. Someone's going to sleep. That's it. That's my prediction. Somebody's going to sleep. Look, man, I'm not a Greg Hardy fan. Everybody could already tell the reasons. You know, like I don't even have to speak on it. You know, people already know why they hate Greg Hardy, why they dislike him. Honestly, I don't like the way he presents himself either. Sometimes the way he carries himself is kind of like, to me, seems manufactured, seems very fake. Trying to fake the act of being like a good guy, being a nice guy and stuff like that. Um, you know, like last night in, 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 his, in his little press where he's talking about uh, Derek Lewis, how he's an ex-con and stuff like this. Like, bro, what the fuck are you? Like, at least Derek Lewis's shit when he was a con was one when he was like, from I think it was in between like eighteen and in, in his mid twenties, okay. Not only that, he beat up some kid and then he beat up some KKK dude's ass. Is what I read. That's what I read. I mean, it's a little bit better to go to jail for that than to get arrested and lose your career over beating a woman that's fucking two feet tall, smaller than you. I mean, just being real. But that's not what we're here for. We're here for fights. Let me talk about the fights. You know, somebody's going to sleep in that fight. I do give Greg Hardy props on one thing. He messaged Ty Toy Vasa saying, man, I want to I wanna, I wanna stay in the bank. Let's, let's put a show on for these people, which I do respect that. I want to see a banging-ass fight. I like seeing heavyweights swing, man, because, you know, it's 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 balls to the wall. If somebody's going out. There's 90% chance if heavyweights get to swinging, swinging, when the fuck are you going to see that shit go to decision? Very, very rare. So I'd definitely be interested in watching these guys swing. I'm going to have to go with Tai Tuivasa, first-round KO. I think Greg Hardy's going to come out. He's going to be very, very aggressive. He's going to be swinging, and he's going to get caught. I think it's just as simple as that. Tai Tuivasa is a beast. He's not like a, a, a top, top, top fighter, but he's, he's, no, he's no bitch either. Stand and bang, dude's got a chin. So I think uh, I think he can get it done in one. Uh, for the cold main. Gilbert Burns and Steven Thompson. This is the best matchup on the card. <coughs> Excuse me. Literally the best matchup. Most interesting matchup easily. You got a very, very strong jiu-jitsu background artist in Gilbert Burns who has actually stepped up in, in, in every aspect of his game. His striking has became good. He's very powerful, very explosive. And then you got Steven Wonderboy Thompson, who you already know is a threat on the feet, has fantastic takedown defense. Um... Man, it's, it's to me, Wonderboy is the toughest fight for anybody in the division. 
You know, it's one. She's just one of those guys. A tough fight for everybody in the division. The toughest fight, and um, it's it's going to be a difficult one for for Gilbert Burns if he can't get him down. Um, and if he can't get him down, he's got to make it real dirty. You know, you can't you can't try to strike with Wonder Boy. He's going to pick you apart easily. You know, um, I think what we're going to see is something that was very similar to watching Wonder Boy versus Vicente Luque. Um, not saying that because Gilbert and Vicente come with the same camp and everything like that, but I do see similarities in it, in their in their game, and I, I feel like if Gilbert can't get Wonder Boy down, it's when he's going to have to revert to making it real, real, real sloppy, real dirty, and getting his face. And and like I say, he cannot he cannot try to sit back and and and, and cleanly strike with him. It's not it's just you're going to lose that every single time. So he's got to make it dirty. Uh, make it dirty to get himself the setups to get the takedown if he wants to get that win. Um, I do have Wonder Boy winning the fight. I have Wonder Boy winning the fight for sure. Um, but Gilbert Burns is no bitch, man, and, and he's got something to prove right now. You know, Wonder Boy's been sitting just kind of waiting for a fight to come along and waiting for himself to get a uh, a ranked competitor. He's been beaten. He's been beaten ass, man. Honestly, ever since that Pettis knockout, he came back on on, on a vengeance, showing people that he's not scared to get hit. You know, and, and, and he's making statements on these guys that are trying to go through him as a gatekeeper. So I, I respect it. But now he's finally got a guy who's ranked above him. So he's got they're, – they're both hungry. Gilbert's hungry to prove that he's, he's he can still keep himself in title contention. And then you got Wonderboy who's hungry because he wants to get himself back to that belt again. You know, he's the only guy, like he said, the only guy who hasn't fought Usman. I said it in the last podcast that it's a bold prediction, but I can see him being the one to beat Usman in the future. Um, you know, so it, it's this is a very interesting fight for both men. It, it means a lot when it comes to the title picture. We already know, and Dana White like made it made it super super clear in his uh, Brett Akamoto interview that Colby Covington's got the got the rematch on lock, and and that's happening sometime later this year. So, either way, the winner of this fight, I think, deserves, you know, if, if they're going to have, if the winner of this fight's going to have to sit and wait, I think the winner of this fight should at least fight Leon. You know, at least make, make something more interesting. Some, something's got to happen because, you know, I think at this point, yeah, I, I, I see where people see where Colby deserves a rematch because it's a very good fight, very good first fight. But I think those are, those are fights that need to be ran back you know, quickly. I understand with COVID and everything, a lot of bullshit happened. Both of them fought during COVID. You know what I'm saying? So there's really no excuse. Uh, I think that should have been a fight that was ran back quicker. Now at this point, I, I don't think it matters as much. I think you, you could get a guy like Leon in there to get another chance. You could get either Gilbert or Steven, whoever wins this fight tomorrow, or sorry, Saturday night. Um, whoever wins this fight, it, could be the next the number one contender and i think that's the way it should be but you know i don't think we're gonna get a usman covington fight like the first time i think this is gonna be a very one-sided uh fight for usman to be honest with you and uh like i said i'd be much more interested in seeing um usman versus wonder boy i i'm honestly i'm not even like crazy about seeing Usman versus Edwards. We've seen it already. You know what I'm saying? And I think Usman is 10 times better than what he was then. And I think it'd be a very one-sided fight. I think the uh, Wonderboy fight, like I said, Wonderboy to me is the toughest fight in the division for anybody. So I think he just poses a threat um, and makes for an interesting fight. 
you know, matchup make matchups make fights. That's what makes the co-main event Saturday between Burns and him. You know, so I think it'd be a fantastic fight. And I think if if depending on you know if Gilbert Burns comes out with this win, how he comes out with this win really would determine on on you know his situation for title contention. Because yes, he I think he got a little carried away. And he got very, very hyped up in, in the moment of being in that title picture, being in the title fight against a former teammate, a guy that he knows, you know, a lot of pressures on, also no fans in the stands. So it's kind of like he probably felt like, all right, I can, I, can, I can go in there. I can get this done. I can do this. I've been doing good with no fans in the stands. You know, he beat fucking Damian Mayo with no man, no, no, no fans in the stands. He beat Tyron uh, and, and, goes in against Usman probably feeling very confident like that he could do it. And he tagged Usman and I think he got just way too overzealous, got a little carried away. And that's, that's where it lies, where his mistake lies. And I think, uh, you know, he's a fantastic fighter and I would love to see him get back into that position of fighting for the belt again. But Wonder Boy is no easy task. And I'm going to have to go with Wonderboy taking this fight. I think Wonderboy is going to take it on Saturday. Um, I see it being a decision win. Uh, I see him winning decision. So I got Wonderboy by decision. And then we are on to the nerve-wrecking fucking main event. Now, look, if you're a fight fan, you understand when, like, one of your favorite fighters is fighting, the nerves is on, legs are shaking, arms are shaking, you're kind of sweating a little bit and shit. You're kind of like, oh, Fuck, I hate watching this, but I want to watch this type shit. That's how I am with Conor. I'm a big fan of Conor McGregor, but at the same time, I'm, I'm a very big fan of Dustin Poirier. I, I love watching Dustin fight. You already know you're getting an entertaining fight when Dustin's in the, in the octagon. Um, so being a fan of both of them, I'm, of course I'm nervous. I do want to see Conor get this win because as a Conor fan, I want to see him get the win and stay in, in, in the UFC and make some statements in the light lightweight division. But you never know. It, this time might be done. You never know. Um, but overall, with this fight, the trilogy, the way Dustin came off the last fight, uh, he says it wasn't game plan. It was just something that worked with the calf kicks, which was beautiful. I mean, the calf kicks were fantastic. He was landing them. He was snapping them off. Um, and Connor wasn't checking them the right way. He couldn't, couldn't get a proper check on them. They were definitely... Uh, bothering him a lot, and it, it made him drop his hands, made him more worried about getting kicked in the legs, and it, it let Dustin get open to the shots. You know, after watching the press conference tonight between the two, um, this fight Saturday is very interesting. To me, at first, I seemed like it seemed like Connor in this press conference was kind of forcing himself, you know what I'm saying? Forcing the shit talking, forcing the anger, but I think throughout the press conference you kind of saw the old Connor come out you know he uh I think he's hungry again I'm not going to say that 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 he's hungry and he's going to come back and he's going to knock Dustin out right away and he's going to get the belt right away and everything like that but I do think he's hungry he's got something to prove now he really does have to make a statement this could be it for him if he loses he could be done you know who's going to pay to see him fight for something you know Nobody's gonna watch him on like what is he gonna do? Literally, like it's it's too confusing after he loses. If he loses, there's nothing for him. You know, people could say him and Nate three. Is that really some something that people want to see? Probably not, honestly. It's way too late. Another thing, just like Usman Covington, 
you get to a certain point where fights get too late. Past the year and a half for a rematch, it's too late. Dustin and, and, and Connor for this this trilogy, perfect. Less than a year. You know, just a few months apart, you got this right back. Right back. So Saturday night, my breakdown, my prediction is I can see Connor coming out having early success. And I, I see him being very aggressive with his shots. You know, um, and when I say aggressive, in the first fight you saw, not the first fight, the second fight, but the first fight this year, you saw a lot of one-twos landed by Connor, But it was a one-two and then stop and reset. I don't think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see a lot of combinations. You're going to see one-twos, constant pushing, constant pressure. Um, and I think that's how Connor can win this fight. And Dustin, Dustin needs to drag this to deep water. Dustin can drag it to deep water, change the game plan up, switch levels, keep changing levels on him. I think he can take the fight. Personally, it could be biased to the Conor McGregor fan in me. And sorry, I only got like a minute left, so I'm making this last piece pretty quick. You know, it could be the Conor McGregor fan in me, but truthfully, I believe that he's going to get this one done. I want to see him win. I think he's going to get it done. And I got him getting it done within two. Um, obviously, I don't see him getting no submission. Uh, it's obviously going to be a TKO or a KO. And any other route, I think it goes to Dustin. I, I could see Dustin subbing him. I could see Dustin getting a decision out and just out grinding him. Um, and, of course, you can see Dustin knocking him out. He's already done it. So, very interesting fight. Um, sparks are flying. You can see a little bit of intensity in this one, a lot more than the first one. I'm excited. A lot of fight fans are excited. I only got 10 seconds left. I wasted too much time talking about the prelims. I'll come back for more on the breakdown of McGregor versus Poirier. But thank you for listening. Peace.